Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. Welcome back again to Sacred Space here in West Limerick 102. My name is Lorraine Buckley, joined in studio this morning by John and Anne Keeley and by Jane uh, Guiney and Rachel Lenehan. And of course, we have Shane Ambrose on our phone line and Shane will be coming in, um, especially around the gospel. But my attention is coming back to Rachel and Jane at the moment. Welcome again to the studio, ladies. Thank you. You're here to talk to us about Scola. Can you tell me a little bit about the history of Scola or Lasco in Newcastle West, Rachel? Well, I suppose most people are familiar with the the name Lasco mm-hmm. um, because it would have been originally founded by Father John Keating, Paddy Geary, Mary Kennedy and a few others um, in the late 90s. And it it was an organisation that at its heart always had um, deprived children and all the funds that were raised locally um, were being sent to Latin America. So that's where Latin American Street Children Organization came from. Um, in recent years, uh, we had a rebranding. Um, we became Scola, but we probably didn't have as many events on while we were named um, that way. And because the nature of the organization has changed in that we won't be sending funds to Latin America, but rather to the Philippines, we need to kind of reconsider our name again. So that's one of the first things on the agenda for sure. the group this year. So why why are you moving from Latin America to the Philippines? Okay, well, um, initially when the group was founded, um, they were working with Father Cribben. And he would originally be from the parish of Shana Golden, but he was living and working in St. Joseph's Parish in Rio de Janeiro for 40 years. it's a parish of about 50,000 people, um, but many of whom have experienced terrible poverty and violence. And the, the funds that were raised, I suppose, went towards helping street children, but not just street children, also towards orphanages. Um, and the work there was absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, Father Cribben oversaw things like building an entire shower wing onto an orphanage, um, the Orphanage of the Holy Angels. And he provided computers and training programs for the disabled and the blind there, um, as well as new wheelchairs for the disabled and a number of other projects that he was running in the parish. And when I say the parish, 50,000 people, um, there were nine different churches in the parish. And I I saw firsthand the work that Father Cribben was doing, not just on a daily basis, but particularly on a Sunday morning um, to say mass in at least five of the churches, you know, every morning scattered at various stages around the parish. But the reason, unfortunately, the, the reason we had no choice but to move from Rio de Janeiro was because sadly Father Cribben died and he was our, our sole contact in Rio because I mean, it's been very well documented in the media um, about, you know, sometimes how how funds that are raised, all the money doesn't necessarily go to the people who need it. Mm -hmm. And the spirit of this group, Lasco and Scola, is that every penny raised in Newcastle West and the surrounding parishes and the generosity of, of, of all those people, every penny raised goes directly to help those who need it most. Absolutely. And you had the opportunity to actually go out and visit Father Crippen and visit Rio de Janeiro yourself and a group of um, four of members. us. Yeah, Great. so four, four of us had the opportunity. We were accompanied by Father Richard Keane and on the 19th of July 2010, four of us hit off for Rio. And I mean, the experience we had there, it's it's difficult to verbalise. When we came back, uh, we spoke 
at various masses and just to try to verbalize the experience we had um we we one particular thing i suppose for me was um we we traveled around to the different projects but we went to a soup kitchen where the money was used to buy cookers and also to pay for things like rice and the the people who worked there in the soup kitchen uh, made and delivered hot suppers to homeless people in the community and they they literally um, they cooked the meals they put them in tinfoil dishes and covered them and loaded them into boxes and into cars and hit off and we were in the cars going out to to meet people who were living on the streets they had nothing but the clothes that they were they're standing in mm. um, and to be able to do that to make such a difference to people's lives that was the only food that they would have that day you know um, and I, I think that was one particular thing another thing for me personally was I mean the visit to the orphanage of the holy angels I got to hold a baby who was only a matter of weeks old and he had been you know dumped Mm -hmm. essentially and he was found at the back of a bar um in a in a sack the umbilical cord still attached and the work we all are very much aware of the work that that people do um, in in orphanages. But I, I think for me personally, that experience really made me want to continue my involvement in the group um, because you see, when you see firsthand the the work that this money does, it kind of it gives you the the energy to continue. And um, luckily, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking from my own experience, but I know the girls that travelled with me and Father Keen felt the very same. And um, luckily, we have new recruits in the organisation now, so we're <laughs> we're very pleased by this. And um, I I must say, we had a meeting on Saturday, and I I came away with my spur lifted um, because they're absolutely positive and enthusiastic and I know that they will have such a, a powerful contribution to make to the group and like I said it's it's not about the group it's it's what the group is doing and how the money raised can help people you know. That is absolutely wonderful and just to reiterate again that every cent that that's raised is given to the poor people so your trip to Rio wasn't a kind of a junket on the back of Oh God no I mean we were very fortunate in the sense that um, the parish funded um, our our trip to Rio. It wasn't uh, it wasn't kind of an exploratory mission <laughs> to uh, Rio de Janeiro or a holiday or anything like that. Um, because I, I think it was very much it was an experience. Absolutely. Um, but Father Frank Duhigg really wanted us to try to. Unfortunately, I mean, none of us can can see the future, but he really wanted us to try to establish a firm link between mm-hmm. the parish, um, between, you know, St. Joseph's Parish in Rio and between our parish. And it was something that Father Cribben was very enthusiastic about as well. And we as members of the group really wanted that. But unfortunately, we did try to maintain our link in Rio. But after Father Cribben died, it was very difficult mm-hmm. to kind of continue. God, so that brings plan. us... Yes, he had God another had plan another plan and, and and he delivered him to us in the form of <laughs> Father Dan O'Malley. So Father Dan is um, 
working he's been based in the Philippines mm-hmm. since 1972 he had some time when he returned to Ireland and he did work um, in preparing students for missionary life uh, between 1986 and 2000 but um, he is firmly back in the Philippines since then and he's in a perfect position to continue the work that Father Cribben was doing because he too can distribute the funds that are raised in Newcastle West to those who are who, who need it most in his parish um, in terms of the work and th- this, I suppose, for us, when, when we had the meeting and when we went to the Pastoral Council and spoke about how we were moving, um, well, I, I came in contact with, with Father Dan, firstly, through a colleague of mine, Claire Devine, who would be his cousin, and she works with me in Skullvarag, Zida, and she mentioned that he is working in the Philippines and, you know, he... he it does an awful lot of work with the poor. And when she told me, um, I got a beautiful letter from Father Dan um, that Christmas and he outlined in great detail some of the projects that he was involved in. And when we went to the Pastoral Council, we knew, you know, mm-hmm. that this was where um, we had to proceed with Lasco or Scola. Um, and some of the things he outlined to us, for instance, um, another priest that he worked with, Father Mick Sinnott, um, was home for a time in Ireland. And when he returned to the Philippines, he was told um, that he could follow his dream and, you know, that he could do something that he would find very meaningful. Mm-hmm. And it had always been his aim to work with um, children with special needs. Now, culturally, in the Philippines, um, children with special needs are just hidden away in their houses. There is little or no place for them in society. They never receive an education or any training and they never get to to reach their full potential. Um, so Father Mick started a school in Pagadian City. And the name of the school, excuse my pronunciation now, um, is Hango Kaptan, which actually means embrace the children. Oh. And the the school, what is fascinating, I suppose, as well for us as teachers, you know, we always kind of relate to these contexts in a, in a mm-hmm. different way. Um, so the school caters for 60 to 70 children um, with special needs. And then the staff in the school also go to the homes of maybe 20 more children or teenagers and they work with them and educate them. And what what struck me was the fact that to run this school for one year, um, for everything to uh, pay for teachers, for the building, for the electricity, uh, all the utilities, as well as like food supplements for the children during the day. And they also had a bus going to the houses to bring the children to school because they had no way of traveling. It cost 35,000 euro, you know, for one that's year. That's incredible. And when you think, I mean, ultimately, that's that's maybe one teacher's salary, mm-hmm. if you think about it in Ireland. Um, and this is... This is to run an entire school and to to improve the quality of life for a hundred children and teenagers. Um, And I think those things are are the projects that that we're hoping to to raise money for. Um, And I mean, he's involved in a number of different things as well. That's just one project. But for me, I think it was the one that really stood out to me. Another issue in the Philippines is the medical system and where ultimately if you're in the 20% wealthiest 
um, sector of society, you will get healthcare, particularly specialist medical procedures. But if you belong to the majority, to the 80%, you receive nothing. And what people find then is that they're forced to borrow money from loan sharks who charge incredibly high interest rates. So another project that was set up is similar to a kind of credit union Mm -hmm. system where the money is within the community and they set up these Grameen banks. Now this wasn't Father Cribben's Mm -hmm. um, creation. These already existed, but it is something that they're trying to fund in his community. Um, So as well as helping children, it's all, and teenagers and young people, the, the money that would be raised would help the, the most needy in the community for mm-hmm. things like healthcare and education. Um, and and one other project then that f- would be very close to, to Father Cribben's heart is um, kind of in terms of education. For instance, um, certain students, you know, who would be very promising um, would have no funding to maybe go on further their education at second level or third level. Um, sometimes the parish would make a contribution to them. So a, a form of scholarship, if you will. Um, but again, none of those things are possible without the money in the first place. And thankfully, and I, I just have to express it again, despite, um, you know, booms and the bust and everything and and the recession um the people of Newcastle West and all the surrounding parishes and further afield I mean people supported our fundraising events in the past from from all over the country mm-hmm. um it's without their support and their generosity and their patience um none of this would be possible mm-hmm. and I think it's just really important that that people acknowledge that as well um that I suppose, you know, it's a cliche, but give a little help a lot. It it actually does. I've seen it firsthand and um, it, it gives us an opportunity to help those less fortunate and to provide children with homes and with education, healthcare, and ultimately with the happiness they deserve. Can you give us a flavour of some of the fundraising events that you've done in the past? For example, I've seen a video of you jumping out of a plane, which to me is the scariest thing in the entire world. Yeah, I was speaking about this just last week and... um um, my brother's girlfriend was terrified that he had planned a surprise for her 30th birthday and they had spoken about the skydive because they were there to support me on the day and she was absolutely terrified because she was how was she going to say no she saw what it did to me there was no way she was doing it it was a, you know a terrifying experience but it was worth it um, yeah that was three summers ago so six of us uh, went up the Midlands we donned orange jumpsuits um, and jumped out of a plane uh, in the name of, of of charity and fundraising. Father Keane was with us because if he didn't do it, none of the rest of us <laughs> were. Um, but yeah, that that's just one event. I mean, our most recent event was again last year. Um, we climbed Croke Patrick. Jane was there for that as well. Um, and Father Keane and Toe leading the pack for a while. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we, we did Croke Patrick. That was sponsored by... by all our friends and family and people in the locale again. Um, but other things that we've done, I mean, you can kind of say, what haven't we done? Mm-hmm. We've organised a number of different rock nights. So they were really successful um, in, in Fireworks Nightclub in Newcastle West. We, we did those over two summers. We've had sponsored leg waxes, 
bed pushes to Limerick. There have been table quizzes. Um, you know, we, we had a Christmas card fundraiser one Christmas as well. Um, but all in all, the good news is the group have managed to raise between the different things over 30,000 euro. I think it was closer to kind of 35,000 euro. So, I mean, that that's huge. That's incredible. When you see what that much money can do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it, it really, it does encourage you to continue, I think. Good, good. So, Jane, can you tell us about your next event? Yes, we're very excited um, for our most upcoming event. Um, we have organised a Kaylee. Ooh, so a we're very excited about that. Um, it's going to take place on Sunday, the 25th of October mm-hmm. um, in the Devon Inn Hotel in Temple Glanton. And it will begin at 8 and run until 11pm. And we're very fortunate that we have um, the Mountain Road Cayley Band who would be well known to people on the Cayley circuits. So we're delighted to have them on board as well. Um, There will be fantastic door prizes and spot prizes on the night. And of course, it wouldn't be complete without some refreshments. So we're very excited. Very nice. And of course, just to remind anybody listening that the 25th is actually the Bank Holiday Weekend. Bank Holiday Sunday. So... It's a great night to get out and you can have the full Monday to, <laughs> to recover. Yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. After all that dancing. Uh, absolutely. And and the lemonade. Dancing now, and lemonade. It, you know, it has to be said as well, this is the, this is the brainchild of Father John Mochler as well, you know. <laughs> um, so he is very much involved with Kualtis, um and all things set dancing and Kaylee related. So, um, he, you know, he's he's on board with this with us and he was the one who sourced the Mountain Road Kaylee Band. And it's important to say as well, um, they're doing this you know f- completely for free as well the band have very generously offered us their services for the night That's as wonderful. have the Devon Inn offered us the venue so it really shows as well I think the goodwill of people that's out there it's just a matter of getting people there now mm-hmm. and the tickets the tickets are only 10 euro yeah, 10 euro so people are always looking for things bargain. to do in bank holidays so why not come and dance the night away exactly where are tickets available from ladies well, we're hoping, Lorraine, that you might help us out with that. <laughs> um, so they'll be available in the parish office. They will indeed. And if you want to contact the office by phone, it's 069-61816. Um, and we will, hopefully, um, John will be so generous as to give us a plug in the next couple of weeks in his shows. And um, maybe then we could look at um, other other locations to sell tickets if anybody wants to sell tickets for us we would be really really grateful as well I mean we we, we don't really have we're a small group and we don't have the the manpower to go door to door with these tickets so really we're kind of we're hoping that um, you know if we build it they will come. Exactly. Will will there be tickets available on the night? There will, absolutely. That's that's the really important part. If people make a decision to go, they can pay the tenor on the night and have absolutely. a great night. Absolutely, yep. Wonderful, wonderful, and wonderful. Of course, I'd say that it really, if they really wanted to even contact myself or yourself or Shane or Anne. Oh, absolutely. Any one of know. us would, would happily furnish tickets and sell tickets for the guys. That's brilliant. We'd just like to say thank you so much again for having us on the show. This won't be the last time. <laughs> <laughs> that was a deal. <laughs> that was a deal. Really come so thank you so much for Rachel and for Jane giving so thank generously you. of your time to come on and tell us all about Lascaux Scola. If they wanted to find out more or if they wanted to contact you themselves, uh, what's the best way to contact you guys? 
Um, so we're going to have a Facebook page up and running in the next couple of days and that will provide all the information that people need to know and there'll be contact details as well as the information on ticket outlets and everything like that. Up there. That would be wonderful because then we can link it to the blog and we can get the word out there and we can put it on the diocesan Facebook page and things like that as well. Absolutely and keep an eye out for posters and tickets and things that will be going up in the next couple of weeks. We have our poster design team. Uh, Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca, Rebecca is working on it. Wow, you're already organised. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Thanks again, ladies. Thank you. John, do we have a piece of music? There's a bit of music now that I, I was wondering really what to play after this, but I played it before. It's by Marty Hogan, and really I think it tells its own story. I see these girls have just said, who really can help people like this but us? So just listen to this. Put your hands in your pockets next time you see ourselves and, and the girls here, Jane and Rachel, and just do what you can. That little bit that you give, surprising how far it goes. So let's hear this. Speak for the poor and the broken Who will speak for the people's oppressed Who will speak so their voice will be heard Oh, who will speak if you don't Who will speak if you
Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.